Set your mind on things above with Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. He wanted a cure. He found the creator. Chapter 28 I Can See Tafara limped up the path to the elder dwellings, brushing against kinsmen on their way down. Most avoided her eyes. Some were crying. Good try, Tafara. An elder woman hugged her. You did all you could. Panic gripped her heart like a fist. Tafara pushed the woman away and sprinted up the hill, ignoring the weariness and pain. Medici Yavasheth waved at her from her forerunner, also sobbing as she rode down the hill with Shalal bundled up behind her. Two Nashpanel trailed the women with spears ready. Tafara ran faster. By the time she reached the top, her lungs were burning. Thank you kindly, Medici Tafara, the scout from Knot said, for all you tried to do for Nema. He draped a leather braided band around Tafara's neck. After the harvest celebration, Nema asked me to bring this to you. He shifted his feet. Should have done it when she asked. Just kept putting it off. What? Tafara shook her head. It was the gold band Enoch gave Nema when they were younglings. Friends forever, Nema said he promised. She never took it off. Nema said you would know what to do with it. No! Tafara backed away from him. She delivered this eve. May the ancient bless her soul. The baby is fine, but... The toughened runner teared up as he hefted the last sack of Alru on his back. Mother Zilla sent me to fetch Alru and at least I can do that for her. Don't suppose it matters much now. The rest was a blur. Tafara barged full speed to the bearer's dwelling, clutching the keepsake against her chest. She burst through the entrance and threw the band at Enoch. You are heartless, bearer. Nema is dead. The elders paused their groaning prayers. This is all your fault. You should have sent help. Enoch's face was swollen, still streaked with soot and tears. He was cradling Danny's lifeless form, murmuring, nodding. Yes, it's my fault. It's, it's all my fault. Tafara screamed. Daughter, wait. Father Seth called after her. Tafara barged out the way she came and leapt onto the nearest forerunner, nudging the creature to a gallop before anyone could stop her. She fled into the wildlands, riding upstream until the forerunner tossed her. But fortunately, she managed to catch the spirited creature by its hairy tail and remount. It rested a few lengths away, drinking gratefully. Tafara splashed water over herself, trying to wash out the charred remains of the father tree, still clinging to her hair. She gave up the futile task and instead tossed a pebble as far as she could. It landed pitifully, not even midway across, with a plop. Tafara collapsed onto a large rock dotting the bank. Even my aim grieves today. Anami leaned against the rock too, careful not to disturb it lest the girl suspect his presence again. You know how impulsive she is, he told Captain Azam. She might do something rash like go to Nod. He had caught up with her just in time to break her fall from the horse. Tafara threw more pebbles into the lake, each landing further and angrier than the last. It's not fair. We saved Danny. It's not fair. Nemo would be alive if it wasn't for that watcher Jaza. It's not fair. She pressed her lips to still the trembling. I should never have left Nema. I knew something was wrong. It's not Enoch's fault. It's my fault. Tafara pulled her knees into her chest and sobbed. Anami sang as he patted Tafara's back. 
focusing his thoughts on her until she cried herself to sleep. He pulled one of the stray curls gently, stretching it out to its full length as he removed the straw. He repeated this meticulously until all the debris from her sandy locks was gone. You are unlike the other daughters of Eve. Beautiful and brave, but foolish too. I can't believe you rushed into that fire. Good thing I protected Danny until Methu found him. He had been so engrossed in the task, he didn't notice her shift slightly. Tafara's head was no longer down. She was staring into the lake. She was staring at him. Tafara peered into the clear waters, willing herself not to move and break the peace. She closed her eyes and breathed slowly. There's that smell again. Honeysuckle. She wanted to search for the vine but was reluctant to move. It is so peaceful here. She stared deeply into the water. It glimmered. Tafara poked her finger into the multicolored display. Curiosity replaced her sorrow. The water was alive with color. She swirled her fingers around. The colors remained, but there was nothing in the water. Tafara smirked at her reflection and was about to relax when her instincts ignited, leaving every hair on end. She whipped the bow from her back and thrust it directly toward the cause of the strange spectrum as fast as she could. It hit something hard. Colors dispersed into thin air, revealing the visage of a being. It was a man. Tafara's jaw dropped. He was the most beautiful man she'd ever seen. He was motionless, as if his stillness would make him invisible once more. I can see you, she said, not dropping the bow aimed at his chest. You learn well. Who are you? I, are you one of them watches? The man pinched the tip of the arrow between two fingers and slowly forced it down, smiling at the frowning girl as she struggled to keep the arrow in place. I am one of those watchers and you really shouldn't use that maneuver against everyone you meet. Familiarity will ruin its effectiveness. What do you know about? I know everything about it as I created that technique. Who do you think taught it to you? No one, you insolent thing. I thought of it all by myself and perfected it just a few, just a few days ago while riding the Forerunners in the Valley of the Seven Hills, he asked smugly. I suppose you're also going to tell me you struck that rebellious wolf in full gallop, merely wounding it enough to scare off the pack, all by yourself. Tafara's eyes narrowed. Have you been following me, Watcher? Not exactly, although I have made myself available at some very opportune moments. You really should. So that day on the Cliffs of Nod, that was you? You almost killed yourself with that foolish stunt. Good thing I caught and the eve of the new sun celebration when I almost drowned diving through the Gahon to the cove, that was... You almost drowned? Anami grinned and leaned in, his eyes bright with curiosity. What happened? How did... You don't have to sound so excited about it. I did almost lose my life. I would like to think watchers would be more... Do you always interrupt? Anami asked, ignoring Tafara's smirk as he pressed on. It's a horrible habit. Normally, it would prevent me from having a desire to converse with you, but I must know how you dove through the Gahon. So what happened? Tafara waited, simply staring at him. He may be gorgeous, but no man disrespects Medici. Oh, she said after a long while. Do I have your permission to speak now? Anami laughed. I will ignore your temper, Medici Tafara, in exchange for your tale. Yes, please tell me everything. Well, Tafara said mustering all the drama of the tale-bearers as she could. It was just past the full moon and the woods were thick with 
Medici Tafara, Anami said, raising a finger. If I could trouble you, I thought you wanted to hear the story. No tale is complete without a little something to sip on, he grinned. It somehow widens the understanding and... All right, what do you want? Tafara began rustling through her pack. The drink of power, maybe some tea with Sopani, or... I was thinking of more something like a cup of Ketu. Ketu? Tafara tossed her pack aside. You, you be the one stealing my Ketu? Now, Medici Tafara, Anami said, I only borrow a little because yours is the best. For once, Tafara had nothing to say. It is hard to stay angry with this one. What be your name, Watcha? I am Anami. Well, Anami, I guess I'll give you a cup of Ketu in exchange for saving my life. Tafara laughed and began pounding the beans for the brew. In that case, you owe me two cups, and I'll make the fire. Anami stared into the tranquil waters, listening to the sounds of the gahon. Tafara had told the tale of the dive to the Cave of Treasures and a good many other adventures, while he listened intently, glad to take her mind off her sorrows. They talked until the fire died and the embers from the ash cooled. Finally, the girl fell asleep. She did have one request, though. That's what he thought about now as he watched his aura swirl again, casting a rainbow of color on the clear pool. I am afraid of the dark, she said. Will you hold me until I fall asleep? He didn't answer. He merely gathered her into his arms and sang softly until her eyelids stilled and her body grew heavy. She had been asleep a long while now, yet he still held her. He really wanted to put her down and return to Captain Azam, but found it difficult to do so. He wondered why. Will you go down, then? There is no need, the beloved answered. Yet your spirit hovers there, shielding him. Yes, and it is just, the beloved replied before General Michael could raise the question. Of course, my lord, I only meant... Your loyalty is not in question, friend. Lieutenant Anami receives aid because of his intentions. Even without asking? Dear General, the motivation of his heart speaks, and I answered. Michael nodded with satisfaction. It is apparent to me now. How long shall this last, then, should we alert the Watchers? That is not required. Should the necessary moment arrive, I will address them. Very good, my lord. The general peered into the depths of the crystal sea before the throne. What of the others? The childling is born. More will come forth. Soon. Shall we go down? Not at once. Not while there are lessons to be learned. Let them explore this path and gain wisdom. But the sons of Adam will not be able to prevail against. The sons of Adam are not the only ones who need understanding. Let the Elohim learn too. But what can these childlings teach, these offspring who are forbidden? You shall see in due course, General. All things have purpose. My father and I have seen it aforehand and made our plans. Our spirit too agrees. You speak of Adam's prophecy then. Indeed, both sides shall multiply. Both sides shall strive and then... And then Methuselah. The General spoke gravely. Yes, Methuselah. Enoch's offspring is the warning. They must say it, reminding themselves every time they speak his name. And then the end shall come, for that is the meaning of it. How long then? Methuselah shall have long life, giving them time and us room to act. Us, my lord, what must we do? 
Come, I will show you. The prophecy is at hand. Enoch prayed in Adam's tongue at the command of the voice, using all the authority he could muster, which wasn't much. His strength was gone, all poured out into the small, breathless boy beneath him. In an instant, his words changed. He did not recognize them, but they felt right somehow, better. The elders paused at the difference, but pressed on, praying over him and the child. A hand touched his shoulder. It burned. Enoch was on his feet instantly, mesmerized by the man sobbing over the child. Should I take that man's son? It was the Beloved. Enoch looked down at the pitiful man and back at the Beloved. He was pure light. His shoulders slumped. He doesn't deserve him. Why not? He killed another. I see, the Beloved said. A son for a son. Enoch nodded. What if I took him? The Beloved touched the praying man. Instead of his son. Enoch looked puzzled. I have always wanted a son. The Beloved was walking the room now, touching each elder. They were raising their hands, praising. Many of them. Enoch smiled. The idea was incredible. A son for a son? I need an example. Me? Enoch's eyes widened. Yes, an example for the ones to come. But how? I'm still alive. Enoch looked back down at the man interceding. I think... The beloved laughed. Of course you are. That's not a problem. Yes, Enoch shouted. I want to be your son. Are you sure? The beloved smile faded. You would have to leave your family here. Enoch thought for a moment. He drifted by each one, loving them, seeing them as they truly were. Dina, loyal and lonely. She would find another, someone who would stay home. Father Seth, wise but rigid, he would rule the council well. Methuselah, meek but braver than he knew, he would hold his own. And Danny, faithful and pure, his little scout would live to see his dreams come true. He touched the praying man last, entering with peace. He looked up, smiling through his tears. I'm ready to go, Enoch said. Danny's chest heaved. The color returned to his cheeks. I'm hungry, Mama. Dina hugged Danny, then Enoch, then Danny again, laughing and crying all at once. Praise the light, I knew he would answer your prayers. This concludes this chapter of Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. If you enjoyed this excerpt and just can't wait for the next chapter, download Taken ebook through Amazon Kindle and read it for free with Amazon Prime. Also, please check back for upcoming chapters of Taken on this podcast. Remember, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Please share this uplifting read with your friends and get ready to soar. Thank you again for listening and may the favor of the Ancient One be on you.